Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, by the time y'all are listening to this, we will be one week away from the trade deadline. What does that mean? What should we look for? What should we listen for? What should we smell for? All of those things. Just keep your senses open and get ready for what's going to be a pretty insane week. In terms of any kind of intel, not much actually new right now. I guess the closest thing to that would be Jake Fisher saying that the Lakers offered a uh, protected first-round pick for Bojan Bogdanovic of the Detroit Pistons. He would be absolutely perfect. He's a great shooter. He's a great secondary uh, creator. He's not exactly, obviously, a stopper on defense, but he's big enough to be able to matter uh, in, in certain matchups. Um, and, and you know, look, I have been pretty hard on Darvin Ham recently. I'd, I'd like to think I've been pretty fair still, but um, if the Lakers could turn one of their guards, whether that's Russell Westbrook or Patrick Beverly, um, or, or even, you know, unfortunately it looks like Lonnie Walker is probably on, on the way out as well. Um, if they could turn one of their guards into another wing and force Darwin to move away from the multi guard, you know, small guard lineups, that would be ideal. So, um, as far as Intel and as far as, you know, new information, new reports and stuff like that, not much out there. Uh, and, and I kind of anticipate that's, going to be how this goes. I think um, for much of the season leading up to this point, a lot of people have been kind of guessing and a lot of the reports that we've gotten to this point have been thoughts from other executives about what the Lakers are thinking about doing. And then, you know, you come to find out that those thoughts from those executives aren't exactly on point. And I think uh, some reporters have kind of moved away from that. And, uh, you know, for good reason, because the uh, Rui Hachimura trade was yet another example of the Lakers making a deal that nobody really saw coming, even while we looked for the Lakers to do something. So I, I think uh, right up until we get some move or whatever, I do think it's going to be relatively quiet, even as this is the time of year where people will get whatever they have out there uh, because this is like kind of peak engagement season. And as frustrating as that might be for, for fans, uh, th this is just kind of how this goes. I do want to bring to your attention, though, something that I have noticed a trend in, in um, Zach Lowe's podcast, where a couple times now he has brought up the Lakers and the Bulls coming to terms or, or, or try, you know, how it makes sense for both sides with the Lakers and Bulls to figure out some kind of Russell Westbrook, two picks for Zach Levine kind of trade. Um, Zach doesn't normally just kind of throw those trades out there. And the fact that he has now mentioned it a couple times is something just to kind of store in the back of your mind. Again, normally here with the Lakers, what they do is not something that we see coming. Um, and the things that we do tend to see coming don't wind up happening, right? The best example of this is uh, their reported negotiations with Indiana for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, something that had they just made that trade, they'd probably be like a four or five seed right now, but I'm not better. Um, but if, the, if the, the Lakers do wind up making some kind of a deal here, sure, yeah, it's possible that Bojan Bogdanovic is 
eventually a Laker after a season's worth of will they, won't they, as far as, you know, will Detroit accept a protected first-round pick or will the Lakers um, remove protections on the pick or can they come to some kind of compromise that is somewhere in the middle between the amount of protection the Lakers would prefer and uh, no protection whatsoever for on, on Detroit's end as far as what they're hoping for. Um, maybe that's how this plays out. But if if recent history is to be taken into account, and I, I think it should be, uh, whatever it is that the Lakers wind up doing, we probably won't find out about until it happens. You know, uh, if, if I can keep you guys posted, if I can offer up some intel on, on what I think the Lakers are getting ready to do, then maybe I'll do that. But uh, <laughs> as, as everybody so far uh, trying to report on the Lakers this season has found out, when the Lakers want to kind of close the, the gaps in their organization and, and, and keep that information in-house, uh, that is one of the benefits of being as insular as the Lakers are. They can more closely monitor the information that, that goes and comes from uh, the organization. And in in this case, and in, in this time of year, it, it, it does kind of serve them to more closely monitor that information flow. So, uh, again, uh, I maybe everything changes, and maybe as we get within a week of this trade deadline, uh, maybe we, we do start to hear a little bit more noise here. And I do think across the league that is going to be the case. To this point, it's been a lot of posturing. You know, so-and-so team is demanding a first-round pick for so-and-so player, even though so-and-so player should never in any world go for that first-round pick. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Eric Gordon. Uh, but, you know, I, I think... Uh, at some point, that dam is going to break and some team is going to relent on those high prices. Or maybe it goes the other way and a team meets that high price and other teams, because they recognize that they have a need, um, you know, look at the market and say, okay, I guess this is just the new reality for the time being. And we have to pay up for whoever it is that we want. However this plays out, uh, I, I still think, and maybe this this is my own biases because I think the Lakers should be buyers, but I do think those asking prices are going to dip. And whenever they do, whether it's the Lakers who get to benefit or whatever, uh, that's that's when I think we'll start to see more transactions across the league. I, I think those buyers in the NBA right now do not want to uh, maintain the inflated prices that are currently out there across the league. I, I think it, it, <laughs> that Rudy Gobert trade really kind of screwed with the market. And then you add to that the play-in and you add to that the, the flattened lottery odds and you have a a trade market and especially a buyout market that is pretty far out of whack. But I, I, I think... There are too many teams that want to see that market come back down. And uh, even those teams that are looking to sell right now, yeah, they would like to sell it at the inflated price that you saw Rudy Gobert go for. But eventually, their hope is that they are able to buy too. And whenever that time comes, if they 
keep pushing those prices higher, it makes it that much more difficult whenever they have to buy to be able to buy. So I, I don't know. Again, this might just be my biases here, but I do think uh, as as we kind of inch closer to the trade deadline, uh, these prices will come down and we'll see some players go for more sensible returns than those teams are currently expecting right now. As far as the Lakers go on the court, um, I, a little bit later today, we are expecting some kind of an update on Austin Rivers. Um, the Lakers are going to reevaluate him and see where he stands. I do know that later tonight, obviously, the Lakers play the Indiana Pacers. And, uh, of course, Tyrese Halliburton is uh, preparing to make his return to the court after a somewhat lengthy absence there as well. So, a uh, big game for the Lakers tonight. I think at this stage, they kind of need to win out heading into the, the trade deadline if they want to see the Lakers' uh, front office really kind of commit to this season and to this team. And that, you know, obviously would have been great to win the Boston game and maybe be more competitive against Brooklyn. They did win against New York, but uh, this is a game tonight against an Indiana team that has been better than people maybe thought heading into the season, but still one that you would think if if LeBron is available and if Anthony Davis is available um, and with the Lakers maybe playing more sensible lineups more often, that this is a, this is, this is a game that the Lakers kind of sort of need, uh, and, and we'll see how it goes. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. As I said yesterday, and as I've said over the first couple days uh, in in making my return here to this feed, it is going to be pretty lowdown heavy here. I am trying to fill the schedule back up with some conversations that I would like to have with people about various (laughs) topics across the league. Um, Eventually, Aaron and I are going to get back to, to podcasting. And, you know, we'll see if, if other shows from across this network want to get back into it. I have told them no pressure in doing so. Um, the, the focus here is making sure everything is aligned for whatever comes next. And also, obviously, providing you guys the best content we, we possibly can right now. So as we figure all of that out um, in this race car that we are assembling while we are in the middle of the Indy 500... Um, (laughs) we'll keep you guys posted as best we can. So until the next time you hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.